Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I, I don't even know how to describe what I'm feeling today. I have an unbelievably special guest on. Um, this guy is like, I'm telling you, he's gonna lay down some wisdom that will change your life. He is the CEO of the Zig Ziglar Corp. He is the son of Zig Ziglar himself. Um, the guy is filled, he's a best-selling author. He's a husband, a father, a brother, a friend. He is a good, good man. And I wanna welcome my buddy, Tom Ziglar to the show. Tom, welcome to the show and thank you for being on. You bet, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to our time. Dude, I, I'm, you know, I've been chasing you for a year. <laughs> And you're like, one day, I mean, you're so nice. I, I, I think people need to understand how nice of a guy you are because you were, you were, um, you were literally boarding a plane to fly to Europe to do a big speaking engagement. And you were texting me back. You're like, I'm literally boarding a plane to leave. And, and so I, I I'm, you know, I'm just grateful that you've taken the time, man. So um, as, as I told you, this show is about helping people get unstuck in life that have hit a wall or they're, they're stuck somewhere. Um, and I know life's not always been easy for you. Um, you know, so let, let's start with telling people, you know, who you are, where you were born and raised. You bet. Well, uh, Tom Ziegler and, uh, I was born in Columbia, South Carolina, but raised in Dallas, Texas. Uh, we moved to Dallas when I was three, so it's really the only place I know. Uh, May, Dallas has amazing people, and I, and I tell people with a big grin, I said, you know what the best part about Dallas is? And they say, what? I say, well, you can go anywhere in the world and the scenery's better. So it's a, it's, it's a little boring here, no mountains, no ocean, uh, you know, kind of flat, uh, but great, great people. So. Uh, one of the things I learned from dad early on is no matter where you are in the world, there's great people there. Yes. Uh, so you just got to go looking for them. And that's, it's good. You know, it's good being here. I um, have been blessed to work in the business now for over 30 years. Uh, out of wow. college, I started working here and kind of worked my way through it. And uh, gosh, eight or nine years ago, I started speaking and my first book came out um, in March of this year. Uh, and so what kind of started is, and I, and I think a lot of people, I mean, this is probably the majority of people, you get out of college and you kind of take the first job you can. I'm just, I'm just plug, I'm plugging yeah. your book, man. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that, yeah, choose to win. Yeah, love uh, it, I love it. So you, you kind of take the first job you can uh, get that'll pay the bills. And I just got married and, and, and so I started coming to work in the warehouse here at the company doing shipping. And then I worked in production and then I moved over to sales. And then I realized what we, what we do. And I fell in love with that. And so, you know, after the first few years then figuring out what we do and how it was connected to me, it's just been great. Hadn't been easy all the time, but it's been awesome. So, so, I mean, your, your, your dad is, is referred to, I mean, when I, when we first got on Skype this morning, let's just talk about that. Cause I said, Hey, how you doing Tom? And what'd you say? I said, I'm doing better than good, but that's like genetically required. <laughs> right. Right. So your dad is known, he's known as, as, as perhaps the most positive man that ever lived and, and, um, I don't think, uh, you know, I, I don't know. And that's kind of where I, I'd like to hear your personal experience. But did you ever see your dad have a bad day? Well, you know, dad said he never, you know, he would say, well, I never had a bad day. Um, but he did. Yeah. yeah. And um, but they were around the big rocks. Uh, my oldest sister, Susie, when she passed away, that was almost 25 years ago. Yeah. Uh, so if you're a parent and you've lost a child, I, I, have, I haven't had that experience and I never want that experience. Right. That's devastating. Right. Um, and, but for him, it wasn't um, a bad day in that sense. It wasn't hopelessness. It was just grief. Yeah. Existential. 
I can't I can't even imagine. I cannot imagine. So so with with for you being being raised in the house that you were raised in um I mean there there's a lot of uh, I I'm sure there's a lot of pressure that you you may feel or that's put on you as a result of being being the I mean you're the only son, right? And and so you're the you're the the son of of somebody so incredible and and what kind of pressure do you feel that put on you as a kid being raised and and did or did it you know it's interesting because i felt different pressures along the way um and i think some people might relate to this first off dad never put any pressure on us or mom uh, for that matter and by the way uh, it's been almost a year since mom passed away and dad said many times if if it wouldn't have been for the redhead, you never heard of Zig Ziglar. So, <laughs> you know, mom gets more than half the credit, right? Yeah. Uh, for yeah. our family. Uh, but dad never put pressure on us. He said, look, whatever you want to do, as long as you do it with 100% effort and 100% integrity, I'm going to support you, right? He, he just opened it up, right? He wow. wanted us to go. And this is what he believed, you know, his dad's definition of success is real simple. Success is the maximum utilization of the abilities that God gave you. And it's not compared to what other people do. It's not what your parents or your spouse or your friends or the world at large say you should do. Success is maximizing the gifts and talents that you have. Um, the so, thing that wasn't optional was the whole character and integrity thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 That's kind of important. Um, and so that never was there. But when I started speaking, I, I always I didn't want to. Uh, it's only been recent that I started speaking in the last 10 years. You, you didn't you didn't want to be a speaker? No. First off, I was the I've been the, the CEO here for almost 25 years. Wow. And my role was to to create the stage for the best speaker in the world. Right. So yeah. why would I want to go speak? Right. I mean, th that was just the reality. Now, a lot of people said, hey, you should go speak. You've got your own view on, you know, your own perspective on things. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Well, about 10 years ago, I started doing it and. I enjoyed it, but boy, what, did I hate the build up to it. The, you know, the anxiousness, the worry, you know, um, and I had to, I had to, to really get inside myself. And I don't know if anybody's listening, if you can relate to this to where you're like so far out of your comfort zone and you've got that pressure coming down. And so Ken, what I did is I like metaphorically, I put myself in the corner and I had a talk with myself and I said, why are, why are you so, uh, what's, what's, what's bugging you so much? And the answer was, I thought people want me to be like my dad. Well, let me just say this, uh, hundreds of people came to dad and said, Hey, I want to be the next Zig Ziglar. And he always said, that'll be, that'll be a, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> he said that. Yeah, he said that's a horrible idea. Right. He said, he said the only thing you can do is 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 be the best version of you, right? Yep. You can't be Zig Ziglar just like I can't be you. Right. If you want to go out and speak and change lives, that's awesome. If you want to write books, that's awesome. If you want to make sales, that's awesome. But be you. And so then I realized that I had I had I had this faulty uh, I told myself a, a lie that people wanted me to speak like Zig Ziglar. No, they didn't. What they wanted me to be was to be the best me I could be. Yeah. Now they expected me to have the same principles and values. Right. Right. But let's just face it. I'm, I mean, Ken, you know me, I'm a nerd, you know, I'm, <laughs> I don't run around on stage, you know, jumping up and down and, right. and, and if I did that, people would go, who is this guy? He's, he's faking it. Right. Right. Right, right. You don't do the get down on one knee thing? No. No. So 
So when I came to terms with that, when I said, you know what, I've got my own, my own perspective, my own style, and as long as I'm constantly working on that to make that the best it can be, yeah, uh, then that's my that's my obligation. So, 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 and and I think you and I are very close in in age. I believe I I don't know for sure, but um, you might be a little younger than me. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, you definitely look younger than me. So, <laughs> but but the. Um, as far as the like when when you were in high school had your dad really made it at that point like i mean he became a massive massive personality globally and and had he made it that far yet or or was he still in the building stage in 1974 is when the book see at the top came out okay and that really put him on the map uh, in the public's eye. Right. uh, Because that got the attention of the media and the publishers and all that. Uh, The the PMA rallies really happened for PMA stands for positive mental attitude for anybody who's, who's less than 40. Uh, (laughs) You may not have heard that term, Uh, but and those were the first events that I'm aware of that would have 10, 12, 15, 20,000 people. Those started happening in the late 70s. And so yeah. they had like Norman Vincent Peale and Paul Harvey and Art Linkletter and all those guys showing up. Yeah. Uh, and then it was just one kind of bestseller after another, huge events, really until the mid uh, 2000s, like 2007, 2006. Uh, and they still had a bunch of them. I think, see, he probably did his last big event in 2010, maybe maybe 2011. And so it was literally, Ken, a 30-year time frame where he was doing at least 30 events a year with an average size of at least 12,000. That's that's insane, man. I mean, he was packing stadiums. But I, I my, so, and, and, and look, my my curiosity, and I think a lot of people maybe I don't know is is what kind of a, it, it, your dad is probably one of the most has probably one of the most famous names ever. Like <laughs> there's Jesus, uh, <laughs> Zig Ziglar. That's that maybe in my mind, but but so but you i'm i'm curious about what kind of an impact it had on um on tom ziggler growing up and you're in high school i mean did it i'm i'm curious i guess more about the did it put any undue pressure on you or anything like that and and it sounds like it didn't it didn't and i'll tell you what was really cool is if we were on a trip with him and we were going to an event where he was speaking, or if we were just somewhere on vacation, or even if we're just in Dallas, whenever somebody would come up to him, whether it was in the lobby of a hotel or at a restaurant or wherever, they would say, hey, you're Zig Ziglar. And then they would introduce themselves. And then they would always say this, I heard you speak, I read your book, I listened to your audio program, it changed my life. That's awesome. And you know what? It's it's not like a professional athlete or a celebrity who like, oh, you're famous. Can we get a selfie? Can I get your autograph? Right. I mean, that's that's like that's taking from them. Yeah. The people who were coming up with dad were to dad were saying thank you. Yeah. And that's a different perspective. I mean, I don't know about you, but I can be interrupted as many times as, as there are to be interrupted for somebody to come up with gratitude and say thank you. Amen, man. Amen. <laughs> I'm with you. That's what I live for. That's what you live for. That's what life's about. It is. And and so so you so so you get out of, of high school, you decide to go to college, um and, and I heard um and we'll get into the movie here in a little bit, but, but the, the, in the movie, you say, you know, that your dad didn't do well in high school. He went to college, but he didn't graduate. Cause he, and what, what was the, 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 the saying that he had you, you quoted in the movie that, yeah, 
he said in school he never did well. He was in the part of the class that made the top half possible. <laughs> right. I think a lot of us can relate to that. So so you so you go to college. What what'd you major in? Political science. Well that's that works perfectly with speaking. <laughs> yeah, it does. It works with everything except for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> right. So you went and you got and you get out of college and you decide to go to work at the Zig Ziglar Corp. Um, and what was your first position? Was it warehouse work or? It was in the warehouse, shipping boxes and packages and you know all of our books. And back then it was VHS and audio tape and yeah. Then after about six or eight months of that, I moved into our production. We actually manufacture our own cassette tapes and our own VHS. I mean, we did all that and I would pack boxes and, you know, put the labels on and old, you know, all that stuff. And from there I moved into sales and then sales management and then leadership. So that was my journey. So kind of from the inside out, which is a, which is a great way um, to yeah. learn, to learn it. But the, what I thought we were in was the book and tape business. Right. And, and then everything changed when I realized, you know, we weren't selling books and tapes. Uh, we were, we were selling hope. We were, yeah. we were in the life changing business. I love that, man. I, I actually, <clears throat> when I, I grabbed this book, the, the secrets to closing the sale, is that it? Yeah. Secrets of closing the sale. I grabbed it off my bookshelf and it's it was right next to a VHS goals program. The the goal, v, I have a VHS old. I don't even know how old. 20 it's got to be 20 years old. Maybe my fingerprints are on the label. Right? There. I know. I need to have it dusted. But so so again, you know, I'd say just about everybody on this stream and anybody that's going to watch this or hear the podcast has in some way listened to or been affected by your your dad and and your family so you know you played a big role in that as as you took over as ceo 25 years ago um that that's huge that's that's absolutely huge so so when you when you got into the so you got into sales eventually there right right what were you selling i was selling all our stuff yeah um, you know, our different programs, seminars, speakers, um, books and CDs. I promoted events. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the first sale I ever made. Uh, I'd gone through a week of sales training. So everybody's ever been in sales, okay? You remember your first sale. Right. And so here I'm a young kid. I'm guessing I'm 25. And I'm on the phone. So this is back in the days when people called you. I mean, those were awesome days. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd been through the week long training and I answered the phone and this guy on the other end of the line, he was, I mean, he was ancient. He was probably in his early sixties. <laughs> <laughs> this is all perspective. Right. Right. And he says, Hey, I'm so glad I'm, I'm talking with you. I need your help. My daughter, is married and my son-in-law is a dentist good guy great family they got three kids under the age of five and he's got college debt and he just bought his dental practice so there's an enormous amount of family you know debt in this family and they're going through a really tough time right now they're going to be okay but i just want to know what do you have that could help them as a couple as a family personally do better through this time and no pressure so I, <laughs> so I i went into catalog mode i mean you know freshly trained and i'm like <laughs> oh well we got a and we got da, 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 and we got b well this guy uh about 20 seconds into it he cut me off and he said he said hey tom i tell you what here's my american express card you just send them whatever you think they need. Let's pray. Wow. So that's my first sale. Wow. That, so the, that's, that's, that's a lay down. So the point is, is I had nothing to do with that sale. Right. That sale was reputation. Yeah. Wow. 
And that's the thing is people struggle, they go through hard times, and we lose our perspective when the reality is, is all we have is our reputation, our good word, our name. And right out of the gate, I was witnessing what happens when you do the right thing. Wow. It's never wrong to do what's right. And so the reason, and I don't know, I mean, I'm thinking of the greatest, um, what the world would say, you know, just the general public and the experts would say, okay, if we looked at the top 50 speakers of the last 50 years, was there anybody who had a more sustained run being in the top echelon who never had uh, any type of scandal or issue or call against them? I mean, just, just like, Nobody. You're right. You are 1,000% correct. Now, I do want to. I would do want to put a caveat in that. Um, I think that the most powerful speakers in the world, a lot of times, are ones who messed up and got the scars and the burns, and then figured it out, and are now doing it right. Yeah. Right, and, and and I see those that type of speaker uh, literally changed so many lives. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, Dad just he just came up, up at a time and in an age where he was always a good guy trying to do his best, and then suddenly he's you know he figures out the, the you know how to how to explain it and just took off. So uh, as a as a you know the the son of 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 zig ziglar your your sister cindy just hopped on the stream i love cindy she's amazing um but she's the happy dad called her the happy tadpole (laughs) well you know just a quick little side story we lost um um we my when i met my wife she she had someone else in her life that was far more important than me and that was a little corgi named lulu and um, we just lost Lulu a few months ago, and Cindy got wind of it. She heard. I, I don't know. I I think she saw it on Facebook or something. She literally sent this beautiful print of 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 the dog to to my wife. She's been, she texts my wife every day, just you know, wishing her well wishes. She's such a just. And that's the thing about you and your 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 family is like. What, how did you just say it? It's never wrong to do what's right or never the wrong time to do what's right. Is that what you said? Yeah, it's never wrong to do what's right. And, and that's, that's, it's, it, it shows in everything that you and, and, and everyone around you is doing in life. So, um, what was it? You said it was eight or nine years ago that you decided to start speaking what was the catalyst for that? Because here you are 25 years into being the CEO of the company and all of a sudden it's like, okay, now I'll speak. Was somebody putting pressure on you? Well, there was a couple of things. Dad's career was winding down uh, from his health perspective and everything. We knew that he wouldn't be speaking much longer. And I kept getting invitations. Yeah. And so you put two and two together. It's like, yeah, I'll go do that. That sounds like fun. Uh, and then I would commit and I'm like, Oh no, what have I got? Myself? <laughs> like, like, oh, oh. I, I actually have to go deliver a speech now. Yeah. What am I going to talk about? Right. And you know, and of course I've been raised on what we do and, and I've had the privilege of hearing the greatest speakers and authors and experts and everything. I mean, that's, one of the unique things that I've had access to is kind of the green room behind the scenes, uh, the pivot points, you know, the turning points of what really has an impact in in people's lives. Um, So now it's like not what, you know, now it's hard to narrow something down, right? Because, you know, the TED Talk craze and everything, it's like if you get more than 30 minutes, you're lucky. Yeah. And it's really, when you think about it, it's hard to say hello in less than 30 minutes. (laughs) That's so true. It's true. I mean, and, and, you know, you guys are obviously, I mean, 
the Zig Ziglar Facebook page has almost 5 million fans on it. And, and you know, which is just, I don't know of another page with that many, not, not as far as a speaker is concerned. And, and, you know, so I know you have that and, and you go on there and, and you help a lot of people. I see it all the time. Um, as a matter of fact, I just got my badge recently. I'm, I've been recognized as one of Zig Ziglar's top fans on Facebook. <laughs> I'm like, yes. And they're like, do you want to display your badge? And I'm like, yeah, duh. Like, are you kidding me? So like, you know, but let's talk a little bit about your, your book. I mean, you, you also just recently decided to, to write and publish a book, um, your first book. And, right. and let's talk about that. How, how, what, what made you decide to, to write a book? Well, dad started telling me 20 years ago, when are you going to write your book? Um, yeah. Big, big believer in that, uh, that everybody should write a book. And when he started telling people you should write a book, it wasn't, that was before the day when self-publishing was relatively easy and inexpensive. Yeah. Uh, back then it was arduous. Um, and, but he told people, he said, even if you never have it published, it'll be the best thing you ever do yep. because it makes you crystallize the things that are important to you, especially if the book is on, you know, success or personal development or principles or values, which the book choose to win is. Yeah. Uh, so for a long time, I've known I was going to write a book, uh, but I'm, I'm kind of an in my head kind of person personality wise and, and I'm always learning something new. And, and so every, every time I would get to a place, it would be like, Oh, I can do more than that. I, I think, uh, that's an intellectual, uh, description of procrastination is all that is. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, so I was speaking in Australia and an event, an all day event, 150 business owners and real estate investors. And somebody in the rooms, you know, at the first break, they just said, Tom, I got a question. What's the fastest way to success? That's and a I've never great, been asked that question before. That's a great question. It is. I, I, everybody's walking around probably thinking that. <laughs> yeah, but the way they ask the question is, what do successful people do or what are the keys to success? I just love this guy's like total, you know, directness. What's the fastest way? Yeah. Well, been in the business all these years, never been asked that question. And I just blurted out the fastest way to success is to replace bad habits with good habits. Mm. We went to the break, came back in, and then Steve McKnight, who was my host and a good friend and mentor of mine, he kicks off after the break. He's bringing me back up and he says, hey, before Tom comes up, everybody get your pen out. Did you hear what Tom just said? He said the fastest way to success was to replace bad habits with good habits. And I did the double take, right? I'm looking left. I'm like, hey, I literally got my pen out and wrote it down. You're like, who's this Tom guy everybody's talking about? <laughs> so I went on teaching the whole day. Wow. Uh, and then I went back to my room that night. And this was in, um, this was in Melbourne. Yeah. And I went to my room back that night and about 8.30 at night was when I finally got back to the room. I go on the internet and I type in Google, who said the fastest way to success is to replace bad habits. I was convinced that I'd read that and it just popped out. Nobody had said it. Wow. So I sent an email to our office and said, hey, turn this into a poster and put it on Facebook because I'm claiming this. Um, and then on that trip, I still had four or five legs in the trip. I was speaking in a bunch of places on that trip. Yeah. Uh, I thought about it the whole time and I looked at it from kind of a Ziegler lens. So in Ziegler, we teach that there are seven core areas of life. There's the, you know, our mental, our mindset, our, our spiritual, the, the character qualities that we have, physical, our health, our family, yeah. our financial, our personal, and our career. And I just asked that simple question, 
if I just took a little bitty bad habit in one of those areas and replaced it with a little bitty good habit, what would my life look like at the end of the year if I did that once a week or twice a month? Right. Whole new person. And so suddenly success and what people want is a very doable plan. And I think that's my strength is, you know, there's, there's so much hype, there's so much magic pill, there's so much, you know, buy this, come to this event, it'll change your life. And every, everything that dad taught and everything that I teach is, yeah, you can, you can make a choice right now that'll change the trajectory of your life. Yes. But the, but the definition of a habit is simply this. It's making a good choice over and over and over again. That's what a habit is, a good habit. Yeah. yeah. So what we do in the book is we really break it down. And then there's a key component to the book is what we start with is unless you have a compelling why, you know, if you don't know why you're doing it, if you don't know your purpose and your passion and your why, it's going to be hard to keep making good choices. Is it, is it, in your opinion, do you think it's possible for a person to have more than one purpose, one why, more than, more like, or do you think that everybody was born here and, and placed here on planet Earth to, with a specific purpose that they're supposed to fulfill, a destiny? <laughs> you know, that's an awesome question because it's, it's probably that question is the root of procrastination for so many. Oh, I agree 1 million percent with you on that. So, so here we go. Let me explain what I just said. Um, if you believe you only have one why, one purpose, what if you get it wrong? What if you put the stake in the ground and you head off and you learn that's not my deal? Right. So what happens, and this is especially true of Christians and believers, right? Yep. Because how do I know God's will, God's purpose for my life? With 100% certainty, you know, specifically what I was designed to do. Well, if it's, it's hard to discern, right? You know, and so you don't put any stake down. And so dad said this, you'll be a wandering generality instead of a meaningful specific. Uh, it's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite quotes. But there are things like, what's my why? Well, if, you know, Julie, my sister Julie, who's awesome, she says, hey, you know what? My purpose, my why is to do the next thing God puts in front of me. Yeah. That's pretty broad, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. It is. I think a purpose and a why for every one of us is to maximize the gifts and talents God's given us. I mean, I, I see so many people struggle because they want to be successful like somebody else and they don't have the same gifts and talents. Right. And so they constantly try to move a level three gift or talent to a level nine and it's almost impossible to move more than a couple of levels. Right. If I'm, if it's from, let's just look at singing. I have the gift of singing. You do? Yeah, it's unbelievable. The but the talent level is a. The what? It's a one. My ta on the scale of <laughs> one to ten, I'm like a one singer. So I could decide that that's my, you know, that's my goal, my purpose, and I could spend tons of energy into it, and I could move my singing ability to a three, four, maybe even a five but I'm never going to compete with somebody who was born a seven. Right. Okay. Right. And so, so my, I believe my why my purpose is to maximize the gifts that God's given me to do what's in front of me. And then that kind of narrows down the direction that I go. And then I tell people, Hey, when you've got a good idea of where you want to go, go a hundred percent out put the stake in the ground, go for it, and then you'll learn new things along the way and you'll course correct. Another way to look at it is this. Um, it's like picking a college. I heard this, uh, Jarrett Stevens, he's a, he's a preacher at, at our church. He, he said, you know, when you're a high school senior and you gotta pick your college, you, you might have like seven or eight schools that you wanna go to 
and you and you could think that there's only one that's the right one and if I if I don't get in or I pick wrong I'm missing the bullseye and he drew this illustration on the board of all these different schools he said that's not the way it works the way it works is you make the best choice you can doesn't matter which one it is and then you become the person God created you to become and then that becomes the bullseye of your life mm. right what do you think the the because I, I I believe and 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 I'm sure you've been through this where you're even though you have goals you know it might be maybe it's you know to have a family and a house in the suburbs with a white picket fence and whatever right and be debt free um, maybe it's it's um, maybe your your goal is to have a private jet and 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 fly all over the world and have billions of dollars whatever it is but how what i think a lot of people are even though they have goals they're still wondering generalities in the sense of they they're looking for what you were just talking about they're looking for that that purpose how do how do you think or what what's the best way someone would identify what what they're supposed to be doing well, let me let me give a couple of things. Um, uh, Robert Rohn, Dr. Robert Rohn, he's one of the foremost experts in the world on DISC, the personality yeah. profile system. Um, and he was here at our company uh, speaking a, a, probably about a month ago. And um, he was also dad's class pastor back when I was in high school. So I've known him. Wow. My whole life. Yeah. And so he told a lot of Zig stories as his class pastor, uh, and he had a different perspective, and he was sharing them with the class. And so one of the things that I'd forgotten that Dad used to say, he, you know, he, Dr. Rowan went to him and said, Zig, I, I want to do well in life. How do I, you know, how do I do well, right? And Dad said this. He told him, never chase money. It's too fast. You'll never catch it. Mm. Instead, chase solving problems for people, and then the money will find you. Wow. That's powerful, man. And so the idea of somebody having a goal to have a jet, that's an awesome goal. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but the means, the, the way you get that goal is you solve a lot of problems. Yeah. The more problems you solve, as Rabbi uh, Lappin says, the more certificates of appreciation you'll have. <laughs> right. And we call that money. Right, right. Now, here's, you know, Dad's quote that everybody knows is, um, you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Yeah. Rabbi Lappin says this. He says, God's never happier with his children than when they're solving the problems of his other children. Mm. So here's what's cool. What here's what's cool about that is Wow. And I believe we have a moral obligation to solve other people's problems. If you have a product or service that benefits somebody and they need it, you have a moral obligation. And what's cool is the byproduct of that is certificates of appreciation which we call money. Right. So the people who, in, in almost all cases, the people who solve the most problems, they have the most certificates. So the first thing is, don't chase money. Don't don't chase success. Chase solving other people's problems. Wow, that's powerful, man. That is yeah. powerful. Second is, you've got to become the person who automatically solves problems. It's like in your DNA that when you come into your area of expertise, you can't help but do anything but lift people up, encourage them, solve their problem, make their life better in some way. And it's impossible to do that. Dad's philosophy, you gotta be before you can do and you gotta do before you can have. Be, do, and have means that you gotta be the right kind of person first and then do the right things before you can have all that life has to offer. 
what do you think and 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 Tom I know you're unbelievably busy guy so I don't want to I don't want to keep you on here forever but um, what what do you think the you know I, I work with a lot of people you you and I've talked many times about stuff but you know I work with a lot of people that, that get stuck and they're stuck in the pain of something that they they did wrong or something that happened to them that that turned their life upside down and and you know they they just they didn't they couldn't get past it you know and so the, the what do you think the biggest thing is that holds people back from from what you're talking about like finding their purpose going out and because I, I i could say happiness money success whatever but it all comes down to living your purpose like really doing what you're talking about what do you think stops most people because most people go to their grave not having found any purpose i th i think to me the number one um thing that stops people is the story they tell themselves. Mm. I'll explain it. Uh, I'm friends with Seth Godin. We email a couple of times a year, so it's not like we hang out and eat, but uh, if he has a question or have a question, we have that kind of relationship. And he tells the story of Ambien. And are you familiar with Ambien? Ambien? Ambien, yeah, it's the, a drug. Yeah, the sleep thing or whatever. Yeah, it helps yeah. you I only know because I've I've seen their stupid commercials. <laughs> but anyway, well, Ambien has a lot of side effects. Yeah, sleep, fucking crazy stuff. Yeah, I was on a sales call in Houston, and I went in, and the VP of sales was there, and his shoulder was in a sling. I said, "What happened to your shoulder?" And he said, "Well, I take Ambien." He said, "I took Ambien, and then I forgot that I took the Ambien, and I took another one." And in the middle of the night, I slept walk outside and, and walked right into my pool, which was empty, and I broke my shoulder. Oh, my gosh. Think about it. So here's what Ambien does. Um, think, and, they did a and they did a study on Ambien. So this is crazy. Do you want to guess how many extra minutes of sleep you get on average when you take Ambien versus when you don't. And this is sleep studies, brain waves, all kinds of people. Uh, How many extra minutes do you get? I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I'm being set up here. So I, I'm, I'm just going to say 15. Yeah. 17 minutes. <laughs> is it really? I was 17 close. Minutes. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, so you get all these side effects, sleepwalking, sleep eating, cooking, you know, people think they slept all night and they got them on video mowing the yard in the middle of the night. Okay. Oh my so, gosh. But this is what happens. The number one property of Ambien is it's an amnesiac. Wow. So you take your Ambien at eight o'clock at night and the next thing you know, the alarm goes off at seven in the morning and you can't remember anything. You remember taking the Ambien and it's seven o'clock and you're like, wow, I slept 11 hours. Wow. That's insane. And so what happens is, is you tell yourself, I slept 11 hours. I feel fantastic. Mm. And so all day long, your body and your attitude and your actions are as if you just got 11 hours sleep. Right. Even though your ring camera keeps going off all night long because you're running an outside out, you know, sleepwalk and you cook the meal and you literally only got four hours of sleep. My gosh. Hold yourself. You slept great. So everybody has life happen to them. Yes. It just does. In the book Born to Win, there's a story of twin brothers and one of them's in prison and one of them is a very successful businessman. Born, or no, that's, that's this is choose to win. Yeah. Born to win, sorry. Yeah, that's the other one. Yeah, but yeah, you need yeah. both, right? Yeah. So the story is, is that they go to the brother who's in prison and he says, remember this, these are twin brothers. Yeah. He said, uh, they asked him, what are you doing in prison? You're in here for like 30 years. And he said, well, where else would you expect for me to be? My father was abusive, he was an alcoholic, he was mean. You know, he uh, abused my mother. Where else would you expect me to be? 
Then they go to his twin brother and they say, you own nine businesses, you're a multimillionaire, you give you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to charity, how do you explain your success? And he said, well, where else would I be? My father was an alcoholic, abusive, wife beater, um, no good human being. I spent my whole life trying to be the opposite of him. Mm. So these two people came out of the same exact circumstance. In fact, they were twins, two totally different reactions. Wow. And so the people who were stuck, who've been through the fire, who've had unfortunate, and I'm not denying the unfortunate circumstance. I mean, I'm, yeah, that's it. You've got it. You know, you, you came from a broken home or you lost your business or your mate cheated on you or whatever the thing is that happened. But the reality is, is you now have a choice to either say that's the that's the anchor that's going to ever keep me from rising up or that's the launch pad that's going to help me grow to the next level. Because when we go through the furnace and the fire and we overcome that, we're actually stronger and better able to solve other people's problems. It's just the way of life. And so to me, the number one thing that holds people back is the story they tell themselves. Amen, man. Amen. So we we got to change, we got to change that story. And a lot of times it takes, and this is what we do at Ziegler is it takes somebody to believe in you to say, you can do more than you think you can. Yep and encourage and give hope and give a plan and give accountability. And that's why I love people who do one-on-one coaching. That's why I love people who are always there with an encouraging word. And that's why I love people who say, hey, here's the standard. You can meet the standard. Yep. Guess what? None of us meet it all the time. It's okay. <laughs> Not, none of us do. That's right. Uh, you're right. And I believe it was Jesus that said, ye among you without sin cast the first stone. And, and, and that's, I, I use that a lot, not just in my life, but, but in helping others. I'm like, dude, put the stick down. Quit beating yourself up. Everybody screws up in life. It's just part of the journey. Right. And, you know, we started off the conversation and you said, you know, Zig Ziglar was known as maybe one of the most positive human beings who ever walked the planet. Right. And I just wanted to make this comment, and that is that not only was dad incredibly positive about everything, and he looked at every situation with the eyes of how can I have an opportunity here, an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to help someone, an opportunity to solve someone's problem. Everything was an opportunity. But he looked at the, his positive nature wasn't, it was not the fake it till you make it positive. Right. It was literally thousands of hours of study of practicality that said every study, every evidence always shows the same thing. A positive attitude will outperform a negative attitude every time. Amen. So if somebody said to you, hey, if I could pay you uh, just for a living, would you want me to pay you $100 a day or $1,000 a day? <laughs> 10000 a day. <laughs> yeah, you're going to take the bigger number. Sure, absolutely. Right? Yes. Let me just tell you that if you adopt a positive mindset, like if that becomes a core belief and then you have a choice over that, it's literally the same between picking a hundred dollars and a thousand dollars a day. You're, you're in, in, and I, I've looked for this, and and I'm gonna have to end up reading every book your dad ever wrote to find it. He told a story, and I've even Googled it, and I can't find it. He told a story about, and I don't remember exactly, the, but it was about life will pay you what you ask of it. He told this story about a married couple and they grew old and, and, and do you know what I'm talking about? Is it the, um, is it the story about, you know, these, they were like 90 when they were getting married because they waited for everything to be perfect. Yes. Yes. That's it. So that's either in secrets of closing the sale or is it grew on selling? Okay. It's such a, a power, and it's like a, po it's almost, it's a poem, I think, right? It's a poem, yeah. Yeah. 
so absolutely phenomenal because so many people wait for everything to be perfect. I have I do I do social media coaching, teaching people how to go live and stuff like that, right? And and one of the th I'm like like well we well I got to get an umbrella studio light first, and I got to have the right camera, and I got to have the, and I wish I could just email them that poem and go, dude, stop waiting on everything to be perfect. It's not ever gonna be. Right. It's, and you know what's interesting is people more and more value authenticity and transparency. Amen. So I would rather see okay or good enough lighting in somebody who's authentic than I would a perfect set and a fake smile. Amen, man. Amen. Let's talk real quick about the work. Gosh, we're coming up to an hour already. I can't believe it. So let's talk a little bit about the movie because uh, the the movie Born to Win, it's a documentary film, just came out, um, and it's free to anybody that has Amazon Prime. Is it still? Yes. <clears throat> okay. Um, absolutely a life-changing movie. Uh, and and I, I say that, dude, at the end, I, I, I just, I, I got to say this. I was sobbing like a little baby. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Stop. I'm like, quit crying. I literally, like, at the end of that, I was blown away. It was phenomenal. But let's talk about where that that came from. Where? How did that movie come about? It was phenomenal. And you're in it a lot. And you're both, you know, your sisters. And I, there's so many phenomenal people in it. Lori's in it. You know, Andy Costa, who we've been working with for quite some time now, probably over five years, he's an Emmy award-winning producer, filmmaker, and he said, uh, hey, I want to do a Zig documentary, and so he, he kind of laid it all out. So that's how the movie came about. Uh, there's probably, what, 15 or 20 different interviews in the movie of different people. Uh, we reached out to people whose lives had been impacted by dad, so we've got you know, Dave Ramsey and some other names that people would know. Yeah. But really the, uh, I think it's, it's called Zig. You were born to win. It's like the official title on Amazon, but you'll find it however you type it in. Yeah. But the kind of the underlying theme of it was if Zig can, you can. Yeah. So it traces his life of growing up in Yazoo city, Mississippi, um, started working, selling peanuts on the corner when he was six years old. His dad died when he was five. His mom had a fifth grade education. So he's raised by a single mom in the poorest state in the, poor, in the great, great Depression. Yeah. Ten to 12 kids. How did he get from there to where he, you know, ended up? And it's a series of choices. Um, of course, his faith played, in, you know, a huge part of it. Um and his belief and what he decided to do and the actions that he decided to take. And so you see his life unfold and then you see all these other lives that he's impacted. Um, and at Ziegler, we're all about legacy. Right. And I think dad's real gift was to show people how they could become the person God created them to become with the wisdom that they could then go and show somebody else the same thing. And so that's why there's kind of a who's who of people out there who are changing lives, and a, and, a, and a lot of them will go back to the root. And one of the and one of the great influences was Zig Ziglar, because he believed in them. He taught them how to become the best person they could become, and then he equipped them to go out and share that with somebody else. And that's what it's all about. What an incredible legacy, and what an incredible you know, uh, life for you, you know, and, and, and one of the things that I, I, I loved about the story, which I didn't even know. And, and here I've been, um, you know, reading, listening to Zig, those tapes you used to ship out when you worked in the shipping department, I wore some of those cassette tapes out. I would think, Oh my gosh, I, I tried making copies of them just so I could have them. So I didn't have to keep calling or ordering new tapes. You're like, oh, so Ken, you're you're confessing to breaking the copyright laws. Cool, but but so you know, I I mean, I wore out those tapes, and and so he impacted my life. I honestly think your father saved my life 
Because I, I was headed in a bad direction, man, when I started listening to Zig Ziglar's tapes and, and reading the books and stuff. So, and that was many, many years ago. But like, you know, what an incredible opportunity for you to, to continue and not just you because you guys offer things at the Ziegler Corp for just a regular old dude like me to come in there and and go through training and become a, a Ziegler certified is that what it's called yeah so the the best way to find out about that is just at Ziegler.com yeah uh, I almost kind of my internal code word is I have in my head what I call the life map and so we have people from all over the world. I mean, yeah. every continent. And for some people, the life map, it starts with our Ziggler Show podcast, which is free. You can get tons of content there. The more you listen to it, the more it'll change your life. Other people want a program. They know they want to, they want to get a, a book or a CD series or an online course. Other people want to come to headquarters and go through and then kind of like the, the top level of this is our Ziggler Legacy Certification. And that's for people who want to transform themselves and their life. And then most of the time, almost always, they want to help other people transform too. So we certify these people to teach our material. And we're, they're all over the world, like 20 countries now. So hundreds, it's, it's insane. Hundreds and hundreds of millions of lives impacted in a positive way. That that's incredible, Tom. It's incredible what you're doing, and you get up every day and you go to work and you keep doing the deal. I know I was I was down there. And we were talking about that. I was at Ziegler HQ about a year ago, um, and it's just incredible. You you bounced off of one meeting, came in, shook my hand, we hung hung out for a little bit, and then you went back to another meeting. And you're just always going, man, and I I, I love it. And your energy your positivity you definitely did your genetically predisposition i guess to have that because it it, it it was pretty cool so jeff hart's on here he's he says he's a uh he's a certified i i saw it somewhere certified trainer yeah jeff is in uh texarkana area and he's amazing so if you're needing a speaker trainer uh, all around good guy. Uh, reach out to Jeff if you're in that area. He's he's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, maybe I'll have him on uh, on the show too. That'd be great. So yeah, you'll have to put you'll have to put a damper on the mic because he'll get a little he'll get pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, Tom, I, I I don't know if I've left anything out. I'm my I can't wait to go back and watch this again. You dropped a lot of nuggets a lot of nuggets of wisdom so um you know i i can't thank you enough i i so so appreciate you taking the time to to come on here all right well it's been a blessing and an honor thank you for having me thank you and thank you to everybody who watched this shared it out thank you to everyone tom don't hang up on skype yet if you would give me a minute um thank you guys i appreciate all of you if you're not following Tom, what's the best way for people to follow you on, on social media? Let's see. Um, I'm Tom Ziegler. Okay. So, or I think it might be the Tom Ziegler or at Tom Ziegler, uh, Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay. Ziegler.com. Uh, if you want to reach out to me directly, that's great. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I love hearing from people. You're you amazing. Can, you can get the book Choose to Win at Ziggler.com or Amazon or anywhere. Definitely. If you get it from Ziggler.com, I'll sign it for you. Man, I wish I would. I pre I bought this during the pre-order push, though. Because you're the man. <coughs> I need to, I'm going to come down and, and get you to sign it for me. So yeah. everybody, make sure you follow Tom. He's doing amazing things traveling all over the world, speaking, helping millions of people. Tom, thank you so much. I appreciate you. You guys have an amazing day. Thank you again for watching and sharing.